What's cooking, everybody? It's Wednesday, October 14th. The leaves are turning, and this is the Poor Couples Food Guide Deep Dish Podcast, where we do a deep dive on all your favorite foods. I'm your host, Poor Couples Food Guide Eric, a.k.a. The Goose, a.k.a. Buggy, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Poor Couples Food Guide Meg, a.k.a. Lay Skunk, a.k.a. Sniffles. Hello! And together, we are the poor couple who's really sick of election bullshit. We hope you're hungry for some tasty knowledge facts, because today your main course will be some pumpkin spice lattes. Alright, let's get started with this week's appetizers. So, Halloween is coming up in a couple of weeks, so I figured we could talk some candy talk. Um, Namely, the best types of candy and the best treats and stuff to get for Halloween trick-or-treating. Yeah, so... I, well, first off, what's your favorite chocolate bar? I think we've covered this topic before, but... Yeah, I think we talked about it in the s'mores episode. Yeah. So let's go over it again. It'll be a good way to start it off. Um, I think, you know, in that one I asked if Reese's peanut butter counts, cups count as chocolate bars because they're cups and you said no. Right. So then I said probably Butterfingers. They can count for this episode though, just because... Just cause, cause we're talking about Halloween candy and just like chocolate shit in general. So, well, then probably Reese's peanut butter cups, but then Butterfingers are good too. That's fair. Salty, sweet yeah. peanut butter. Everybody likes that. Uh, I would probably agree with you. I'd probably say peanut butter cups as well. If I if I want to go for like just a different answer, I guess maybe Twix or maybe Hundred Grand. Mm. Butterfinger is a solid second choice. Though. Butterfingers yeah. are really good. I. I I feel like I didn't get a lot of peanut butter cups when I went trick-or-treating as a kid, which is weird. I don't know. I feel like I got the, like, big ones. Like, the full-size cups. Mm-hmm. But, like, now I feel like you see more of the miniatures. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's more like a modern invention, too, is the, like, little, like, pumpkin yeah, jack-o'-lantern mini- ones and little ghosts and bat. Yeah. They all look the same. I, honestly, like... I think they do, like, rabbits for Easter and bats for Halloween. It's the same friggin' shape. It's just, like, a weird, like, squiggly rectangle. It's it's a bat. It's a bunny. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm, maybe that's it. Like, maybe, I don't know. If we have any underage listeners who aren't supposed to be listening to this, uh, write in, pretend to be 18 and super cool, and uh, tell us if you're getting, like, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups <laughs> when you go trick-or-treating. But, yeah, I, I feel like... I feel like I got like a lot uh I feel like I got a lot of M&Ms. I feel like M&Ms are a very common mm. trick or treat good. Honestly, I can't even remember what I got versus what was just at my parents' house cuz my parents always yeah. bought so much candy. So like I'm having a hard time remembering like what I got a lot of versus what was just around like leftover. Yeah, to this eat. very day. Oh the, yeah. The, just the weeks following Halloween, there's just big bowl of candy of yeah. chocolate and stuff and it's like okay, sure thing. <laughs> I remember, and honestly, I feel like the better topic is, like, the shittiest Halloween candy, because that's what I remember more than what was good. that's true. (laughs) Like, there was the stupid, like, weird peanut butter, like, taffy stuff. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Because, like, peanut butter cups, awesome, and, like, peanut butter, great, but that candy was garbage. Mm. It never, didn't even name, it just came in, like, the black and orange wrappers, like, nondescript wrappers. Yeah, they also had, just, like, the, just leagues and leagues of old person candy like candy which may not have even been manufactured in this century it's just all backlogged in like people's basements and stuff just like like oh henry and those like 
sesame like oh, brittle yeah. things that are like a just like it's a little plastic rectangle it's like a it's a lego brick made of like sugar and sesame seeds or something i don't even know if it's sesame i feel like it's peanut i feel like sesame seeds is like yeah. chinese like dessert or something but yeah uh i also liked when you got the um you would get like the little like grab bags, those little like little paper, paper bags, yeah. and they were just always filled with shit. Like yeah, there was there's always, always like, some pennies in yeah, them. Yeah, some pennies. Always. I don't know what that was. <laughs> like, just it's. I guess like in the 1940s or something, if like a person gave you a penny, it was like, oh shit, a penny. You know, what we could buy with this. I could get trading cards, and I could get candy. I could get lunch for a penny in fucking 1940s, probably. Um, I mean. It, I, Sometimes you give a quarters. Quarters almost were okay well, as a you kid. Could go to the gumball yeah, machine. Go to the gumball machine. Just toys. get like sticky Stickers. hands yeah. and like you know like the goo and shit from quarter machines. Uh, they would always have like we just like off-brand lollipops and shit yeah. too in those bags. The other, all the candies that didn't have names on the logos were just like not great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's true because like here in New York. We're doing pretty okay in terms of, like, pandemic shit and, like, our infection numbers are still relatively low. Especially, like, you're still one of the lowest places in the nation uh, of the United States. Yeah. If you're a first-time listener, we are based in America. I don't know I need to point that out, but, like, I don't know. I, I feel like because it's a very, like, international thing, the pandemic. You can tell by our accent. <laughs> hey, you can't tell what country I'm from. I'm clearly from Brussels in the U.K., <laughs> Um, but yeah, you, uh, you, the uh, New York, we're doing pretty well. So, uh, the like governor did say Halloween is not canceled. Yeah. So unless people just really fuck shit up in the next yeah, like, three weeks. If but... in the future you see this and like, it's just, it all went downhill <laughs> after like October 15th, then here's our time capsule. As of right now, trick or treating is allowed. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to pick something up from Aldi. What we usually do, we live in an, a, uh, an apartment and, um, like, as you can see with our lovely backdrop here, you can see our lovely Patchogue parking lot. Uh, what we like to do is we'll just, like, put out a bowl and we'll, like, put it in the hallway downstairs in the lobby and just, like, you know, be, just do the honor system shit, mm -hmm. which usually works out pretty well. I mean, we don't even have that many kids in this building. It's mostly old people and, like, a couple of people in their, like, 20s and 30s like us, but... So, I don't know. I'm surprised, honestly, any year anyone takes anything from the bowl, but usually they do. Last year... Like last year was fine. I think the year before, some, like, dick dumped yeah. the bowl. Yeah, we had some shithead who just, like, did the, I'm taking it all, and probably threw half of it out, which yeah. is, like, fuck you. We would have eaten that. Yeah, uh, we would have, or, like, other people in the building. And, you know, we know, I know it was someone who, like, it wasn't just enough people in the building took it, because, like, we put it out, it was, like, an hour later. We don't have that many people yeah. in our building, so... I don't know. This year, like, eh, I mean, there's all these, like, tales and shit about, like, oh, there's candy apples with razor blades, and you're going to get, like, needles and syringes in your lollipops. I feel like that's going to be the thing this year. Is people are like, you need to check your candy for COVID. Mm -hmm. Send it out to the laboratory for testing. And then when it comes back clean, in 14 days, you're going to have your candy and all that good ah. Oh, man, yeah. So we got, yeah, we got two weeks. So we haven't decided our costumes yet, but we got some, uh, well, you did. Yeah. You decided yours. I didn't decide mine yet. I got it round down to like three, and um, I don't know. We'll we'll figure that out in the next few weeks. And we're gonna do. We are gonna do a Halloween special. Uh, not next week because we're on an every other week schedule now with our episodes. But the week of Halloween, I don't know what date. Like uh, probably like the twenty 
fourth or something. I think the it's 20, a Monday. Twenty sixth is Monday because when Charlie has a bed appointment. Okay, so the twenty sixth. We'll probably put it out like the twenty sixth or twenty seventh, and we'll have a we'll have a very Halloween uh, topic, and we'll do some cool like dessert fun games and all that shit. It'll be good. Maybe we'll do it in our costumes. Maybe. Uh, maybe no, Charlie splits his costume too. Yeah, Charlie. He's sleeping, so he's got nothing to say. Also, he's a dog; can't speak. So, someday. Uh, all right. So, I guess that should wrap it up, Raptizers. So, without further ado, I present to you today's main course. Pumpkin spice lattes are a fall favorite coffee drink, which infuses some of the most autumnal tasting spices and flavors into a frothed milk coffee drink. So last episode, you had a couple of confessions to make. This episode, I have a confession to make. This is the first topic we're covering so far where I've never actually had the thing we're talking about. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I've never had a pumpkin spice latte. I mean, to be fair, I don't think I've had a pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks before, which that's what everyone associates it with. I feel like I've gotten one at like roast or like a local coffee place but i didn't you make your own too i feel like oh, we have yeah, a recipe I, for it on the website yeah um yeah we do have a recipe on the website <laughs> yeah that's uh we'll have to throw that in later yeah i i used to make my own a lot because it's honestly we'll we'll cover it later but it's like it's actually pretty damn easy to make your own like latte or like it's not a perfect latte but close enough all the spices are something you should have like lying around in your cabinet but whatever in terms of like what a latte is, they're basically like a variety of coffee that's it's uh, it has frothed steamed milk added into it, which like cuts down on some of the bitterness and the bold coffee like espresso features. Um, the the milk being frothed and steamed, it gives like a lighter texture as well. So it's kind of just like a lighter coffee. Today we mostly associate the pumpkin spice latte with Starbucks and basic bitch culture. If for some reason you were cryogenically frozen in 1950 and were just awakened this week with no knowledge of basic bitches and bros, well... Oh, well, for starters, if, if you did get cryogenically frozen, holy shit, you picked a bad year to be woken <laughs> up in, like... Between like the the COVID nineteen pandemic and everything else going on with two thousand twenty and our stupid presidential election, uh, basically two thousand twenty is like if firefighters crash their truck on the way to a dumpster fire and then they like put the dumpster fire out by piling manure on top of it, and then someone accidentally lit the like a cigarette and dropped it in and reignites the dumpster fire once again. So that's that's two thousand twenty in a nutshell. Really, like, you could have picked literally any other year in the last half century and gotten better results. Basically. So, listen, if you are a cryogenic patient from the past, uh, well, go the fuck back into your, like, freezer tube, set it for another year or two. We'll see you then. Anyway, so if you aren't aware for some reason, basic bitch culture is, well, how does one describe basic in 2020? That's a question. Well, really, it's just, it's the phenomenon of not having a personality outside of very basic popular societal trends. Like, people who are basic, they're just into, like, just the most uninteresting bullshit on the planet, but while also simultaneously believing that they're, like, the most special, unique, beautiful person in every single room that they're standing in. They love their wine, and they gotta have a glass of it on a regular basis, or else they just can't. They can't what? Well, they just can't. Believe me, they shop at only the whitest white person stores like Gap and Target and Victoria's Secret. 
like a third of their wardrobe are pants that inexplicably have the word PINK printed in all capital letters on their ass for some reason. Their hobbies include nothing beyond generic practices that are considered baseline achievements by, you know, anyone who's ever done something even remotely constructive. They like taking selfies of themselves at Starbucks, and they like taking selfies of themselves at the beach, and they especially love taking selfies of themselves and the other ladies while at their favorite tiki bar. When they're not taking a selfie, if such a type of photo exists, well, you bet your ass they're going to be having their hands on their hips, because if you're not smiling and striking a power pose, it's not a photo. However, more so than anything else, the hallmark of all basic bitches is their love for coffee. They love their coffee. Or, okay, rather, okay, they don't actually love coffee. They actually don't like coffee. Coffee is bitter and has nuanced flavors. Now, see, they like sugary coffee drinks with 47 teaspoons of syrup poured into it so that it doesn't actually resemble coffee anymore. No, instead they like the aesthetic of having a coffee and the implication that it holds. Oh, yeah, I'm, like, totally running on, like, fumes today. I binged seven episodes of Siesta Key last night after I got home from my dinner date with the gals. And, oh, my God, this morning, I just can't. I was almost late to the office because of the drive through at Starbucks. I can't even. See, look, here's our hypothesis. Basic bitches, while they are harmless, they also have absolutely no redeeming or interesting qualities to them. So whereas real people have real problems and real hobbies and real stories to tell about themselves, basic bitches have absolutely nothing to offer outside of their just basic knowledge of the almighty algorithm that's presented to them on social media each day. So to compensate for not having anything to offer, they like the feeling of having a coffee in their hand. It feels grown up. It feels cosmopolitan. It makes you seem like a big shot. No, no. You don't just like that coffee. You need that coffee because you're busy. You got a lot of cool stuff on your plate and without that triple chocolate ginger sugar chino, then you just can't. But hey, let's be fair here. Basic bros are also a thing. Whereas basic bitches would trade their soul to be hooked up to an IV of barefoot wine, basic bros are the type of person to show up to a party with a 36-pack of Bud Light entirely for themselves to polish off in one night. Oh, basic bros as well. While basic bitches, they wear jumpsuits and rompers, basic bros just have like a seemingly unending lineup of polo shirts that they could wear every day. And why, yes, even though it's a casual Friday, they still gotta wear that polo, bro. You gotta look good while you're out on the prowl for your next date rape victim. But hey, if, if you want to go nice and low-key, there's plenty of tap-out branded clothing with all sorts of MMA references and endorsements so that they can pretend to know how to hold their own in a fight without, you know, actually putting in a menial amount of work and discipline involved in learning a skill like martial arts. Listen though, basic bros need fuel too. And they're not all about that pumpkin spice crap, that shit's for pussies, bruh. They got shit to do. They gotta hit up Momo's and get a few drinks with their squad after blasting their lats at the gym. Gotta get fucking swole, bruh. They can tell if you ain't hitting the gym 14 times a week like they are. They practically sweat Axe Body Spray out. And if you don't do the same, then what are you, a fucking pussy? So where basic bitches cling to Starbucks lattes like a cherished childhood blanket, basic bros instead chug monster energy drinks in, in between bouts of checking their fantasy football analytics and, you know, rounding up their fellow broskies in their man caves. They like Call of Duty, they like golf, and above all else, they like absolutely nothing that contains a shred of originality to it. Because, you know, that stuff's totally gay, bro. I'm fucking done, man. I ain't playing. 
But seriously, basic bitches and bros are a bizarre subculture that's risen up in the last decade or so. It's like the world's most boring curse, and sadly to its victims, they're blissfully unaware of just how uninteresting and excessively ordinary they really are. We know this is a bit of a tangent to go on so early in an episode, but if we're going to spend the next hour talking about pumpkin spice lattes, well, we need to establish a groundwork for its favorite fans. To not mention basic bitches in a conversation about lattes would be like going to New York City without grabbing a slice of pizza. Yeah. So, now that we know exactly what this week's topic, basic bitches, are, let's dig into their earliest origins. (laughs) Okay, okay, but seriously. um, Alright, let's get back on track. Let's get back to pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice, which is actually short for pumpkin pie spice is a seasoning blend made up of several different spices which are generally used in, well, pumpkin pie, hence the name. It's generally comprised of cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and occasionally allspice or ginger, depending on the brand. Yeah, and no, before anyone asks, no, pumpkin spice does not actually contain pumpkin. A lot of um, people, or not, let's just say, a lot of morons, we'll call them, seem to get up in arms over this, but it's a good example of what happens when you give someone who doesn't know what they're talking about a platform from which they could soapbox. Uh, For example, Vani Hari, a professional liar and food blogger, also known as the Food Babe, who's well known for generally being a fucking idiot with a lot of gullible fans that patronize her website, uh, a few years back she spoke out about Starbucks pumpkin spice lattes not actually including pumpkin, which she felt was false advertising, and made complaints about it and its ingredients, which all boiled down to, it has a chemical in it. This all, of course, ignores the fact that pumpkin spice never has contained pumpkin in it. It is a spice blend intended for flavoring pumpkin pies. If you're too stupid to understand what it is, then, well, that's on you. Yeah, but sadly, Food Babe has a massive following, and Starbucks introduced real pumpkin puree into their lattes a few backs to avoid the negative press and just bow down to her. The ironic part about all this is that pumpkin spice doesn't really taste anything like pumpkin. Like, pumpkin has a sweet vegetable flavor to it. It's kind of like squash. Like, uh, it's earthy, subtle, like, compared to pumpkin spice, which, you know, it effectively tastes like someone crammed a Michael's Arts and Crafts store into your mouth. But here we are, we live in a time where people think pumpkin spice lattes are supposed to contain pumpkin. (sighs) We're going to talk more about this later on in the modern day section, but let's wrap up this overview section. So, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. So before we start looking into all the stupid shit that pumpkin spice lattes have caused in the last two decades, we do need to look into its history, especially pumpkin spice itself. After all, that is the point of Deep Dish, to examine food history in all of its ridiculous glory. So, long story short... Pumpkin spice lattes are an autumnal coffee drink flavored with cinnamon and nutmeg, which are inexplicably released every August, which is primarily drunk by personality-less idiots who don't actually know what's in said drink. Huh. Why the hell are we covering this again? Because it's seasonally appropriate. And also for SEO and clickbait. Ah, yeah, the clickbait. You're right, though. All we gotta do is just, like, put this up on YouTube. We gotta slap together, like, a catchy thumbnail. And then, like, I don't know, it's got, like, big stupid font going, What really is a latte? And with us doing, like, stupid exaggerated faces on the side, like... (laughs) So, with that out of the way, now that we actually do know what today's topic is, let's dig into its earliest origins. The pumpkin spice latte is made up of three important building blocks, pumpkin spice, coffee, and milk. 
For today's episode, we're mostly going to be focusing on the spice aspect of it while briefly talking on like curly, uh, on early coffee drinks and stuff. As far as milk goes, um, does anyone really want an in-depth look at the origins of milk? I mean, it has to do with boobs, so yeah, a lot of people might actually. Touche. Listeners, if you want more boob content in Deep Dish, be sure to let us know in the comments section below. <laughs> we'll see what we can do about it. If you need more boobs content, though, well, I don't know if we could help you with that. Uh, if you do really need to, just go check out episode five, which talks about flan, and there's a lot of talk of, like, cream and boobage and anime titties and all that shit, so, yeah. Well, instead of that, let's focus on the most important part of our topic, though, pumpkin spice. Right. Pumpkin spice is generally comprised of four major ingredients, cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and ginger. Why these four? Is there anything special about them? What's their special relation to pumpkins? Did the pumpkin king himself just like descend upon the world and decree, let it be known wherever you may be, remember these spices to summon me. Cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, and cloves, where will I sprout? No one knows. I, uh, I wasn't really sure how to do an impression of Danny Elfman, so eh, I tried. <laughs> Uh, no, rather, it just seems like somehow these spices all just kind of came to be considered fall spices. Why? I, you know, I don't know. That's a very good question, actually. <laughs> they just sort of are. Like, they're fall flavors. Cinnamon and nutmeg especially. It's hard to think of an explanation why. It's just like the old Applejacks commercial. They taste like fall because they just they do. They just do. Uh, yeah, we looked it up. We tried to research this. Uh, it doesn't really seem like any of them are harvested during the late summer or anything or in the fall, so that idea is out. Maybe because a lot of them tend to be dried, they could last the cold weather, so long-lasting equals fall? Uh, I guess, but if they're long-lasting, you could also just eat them all year round, too, so I don't know. Yeah, this is a bit of a food mystery here. But if we could get technical for a moment, maybe we should stop looking at this from a historical perspective and instead look at it from a culinary perspective. Right. So let's consider the flavor profile of all these spices. They're all, well, spicy, so to speak. They're energizing, and more importantly, they all have a warming feel to them. So think about it. When fall hits and the weather starts to cool down, you know, what better flavor to add to your desserts than something that's like cinnamon and ginger, which is very warm on the tongue and warm inside you. You know, consider also these spices came together to be included in pumpkin dishes and other foods involving squash, which they also tend to be harvested at the end of summer and early fall. So honestly, that might just be it. You had all these like gourds that were getting picked around September. And I mean, like, you know, they're like sweet gourds, like not sweet gourd you got, like, they're sweet tasting gourds, so, uh, but yeah, like, you had all these gourds, and, like, you had to use them in, like, dishes, and people needed to cook around the same time, like, September, October, when, like, all the temperatures started to take a nosedive. Uh, people probably turned to all these warm spices, like cinnamon, to distract from the fact that the ambient air temperature of their, like, primitive houses were now, like, 46 degrees inside. <laughs> After a couple of centuries of this relationship, it probably just became enough of a tradition that people started to naturally associate cinnamon and other related spices to the fall weather, and that hasn't really changed since. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty convincing. Like, I think we actually, like, solved a legit mystery here, like, on Deep Dish, so good for us. <laughs> Listeners, if you've got some hot intel you think contradicts this theory, write in and let us know. We'd love to be proven wrong. Well, I mean, actually, we wouldn't love to be proven wrong. I mean, after all. Being right just feels so good. 
the satisfaction, the self-esteem boost, it's it's great. But uh, yeah, still, if if we can get some concrete evidence that says otherwise, we'll stand corrected. But until then, this is just like the the running theory we're gonna go with. So yeah. Uh, actually, we're, we're come to think we're all over the place right now in terms of establishing the early origins of the topic. So let's get back on track. Let's talk about the spices themselves and see where they came from. So ginger, nutmeg, cloves, and cinnamon have all been around a long ass time and have been used in both cuisine and medicine for thousands of years. Yeah, of them, probably the most well known is cinnamon. I think everybody knows cinnamon; it's beloved, yeah. but also kind of divisive. Probably because even though it's a good flavor, it's very strong. Yeah, we see cinnamon in everything from, like, pies to cereal to candy to toothpaste. Like, seriously, like, what other flavor ingredient can you say that about? Like, unless I'm just, like, missing something out where there's been, like, a peanut butter, like, chocolate-flavored toothpaste out there. Like, it just seems like one of these, like, taste profile. Like, cinnamon seems like the only one that's, like, actually able to do that. Well, there's peanut butter-flavored toothpaste for dogs. Hmm, that's true, but is there peanut butter-flavored toothpaste for humans? I would feel about that. I feel like there's probably bacon flavored toothpaste out there somewhere, so. Yeah, probably. Hopefully not anymore. I mean, the whole fucking (laughs) bacon on everything fad last. It came and went. It had its head. Like, I'm so glad that's over. (laughs) Bacon's fine. Like I said, I want to make a t shirt where I just have like a piece of bacon and like a piece of chicken and like a carrot. And it just says, like, bacon is fine sometimes. (laughs) And that's. Maybe that'll be new merch for Deep Dish. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, but yeah, in terms of, like, toothpaste, like, flavored cinnamon and stuff, what's up with that? Like, why is it, like, when it comes to toothpaste and mouthwash, like, you have, like, three flavors, like, mint, cinnamon, and, like, maybe berry flavor? Like, where the hell is, like, ginger toothpaste or lemon-lime? Ooh, or cantaloupe. That would be refreshing. Uh, you know what? Actually, that reminds me. When I was a stupid kid, I went through this phase where I would just eat, like, uh, or I was, like, I had wimpy, like, training Babby's first toothpaste, and it was, like, bright pink and like berry flavored i just like ate it like some sort of like berry flavored goo treat it's actually kind of gross to think about Ugh. i feel like that backfires like you're not supposed to eat toothpaste like i know they want it to taste good so kids brush their teeth but you shouldn't also teach them be like hey this is tasty you should eat it well as i mentioned i also was a fucking moron as a kid so you know I, they probably weren't accounting for that um yeah is it just me also is like speaking of cinnamon I feel like cinnamon, outside of, like, toothpaste, I feel like it's the secret ingredient to, like, every dish where somebody's like, shh, 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 there's a secret ingredient. Can you guess what it is? It's always cinnamon. What's up with that? Like, your uncle's top secret dry rub for his baby back ribs? Secret ingredient was cinnamon this whole time. Your friend brought over some freshly baked scones with a nice, subtle aftertaste thrown in them. You can't tell what it is. It's cinnamon. Smoking crack in the alley behind the adult theater and it's got a fresh little zing to it at the end? Cinnamon. It's always cinnamon. Cinnamon itself is actually made from the bark of cinnamon trees, which makes sense when you think about what it looks like when it when it's sold whole instead of ground up. Like, cinnamon sticks are basically just curled up skin of a big old tree. Fun fact. So, yeah, cinnamon is just made of dried up plant bark. But what's kind of neat that you might not know is, like, how it's harvested. See, cinnamon bark is made from, like, the inner bark of the tree, so unfortunately to, like, pick cinnamon and get it, they need to just cut down the whole tree and harvest the whole thing. I thought you said this was a fun fact. Trees dying isn't fun. No, 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 no. Like, I know, but but bear with me for a sec. See, they have to cut the whole tree down, but through some sort of, like, weird magic or sorcery or whatever the hell, like, new trees just sprout up directly from the chopped-down stump. 
And this gets repeated over and over, and it can work for generations, apparently. So, like, even though the tree gets chopped down, it regenerates, like, some sort of, like, big spicy plant starfish. Okay, fair enough. That is a fun fact and not sad like it originally seemed. Yeah, the cinnamon trees that we use that are harvested, are uh, they're native to Asia, specifically in Sri Lanka. And there's actually written documentation of it in China going back as far as the year 2800 B.C., so, from Asia, it was imported into Egypt around 2000 BC, when apparently some Pharisee one day was just like, you know, those Chinese guys have been using it for food and medicine for centuries. Maybe we should try pouring all over our dead kings so they smell real nice in the afterlife. Maybe get some nice undead ass to keep them company after they're dead. But yeah, for real, Egyptians used it as an important part of the embalming process when mummifying their dead. I'm not quite sure if it actually did much in terms of embalming, or if it just helped mask the smell of those corpse slowly decaying and one of the hottest places on the planet but couldn't hurt right yeah on the topic of mummies can i just say um mummies are dumb mummies are fucking stupid like they're the dumbest of all the halloween monsters like ooh, i'm a dead guy covered in bandage gauze making it real difficult for me to get around ooh. like i know the point of mummies they can like place like a spooky curse on you but like i don't know like generally we don't think of that we just think of mummies as like you know the spooky cartoon monster like we don't think of, like, the big, bad, like, mega mummies, like, Imhotep and shit. Like, the ones that look like a regular dude, but they have, like, special powers and stuff. Like, you always just think of, like, the big, dumb toilet paper doofuses that, like, don't accomplish anything outside of, like, stumbling around and going, Ugh. There are way better monsters out there. But that said, mummies don't feel like you need to come prove us wrong or anything. Like... Yeah, uh, we're not mummy shaming, so uh, <laughs> let's, let's not get antsy there. Uh, anyway... Going back, uh, the next up in the pumpkin spice quad is Ginger Spice. So, Ginger Spice is an English singer, songwriter, author, and actress and philanthropist who rose to prominence in the 1990s in the pop music group known as the Spice Girls, which have sold over 85 million records worldwide. Ginger Spice is also a sweet, spicy root festival in the family Zingiberaceae, which includes turmeric, galangal, and cardamom. I like that the scientific name includes the word zing. <laughs> like, the scientists knew what they were doing. They did. Like, wow, this Asian root thing is really cool and it tastes great. What should we call it? Hmm, how about dirt rutevium? Uh, try again. Well, it's tasty, though. It really gives food a zing. Ooh, zingiberaceae. There it is. <laughs> Ginger is actually the oldest of all these spices, having been domesticated over 5,000 years ago. Also, interestingly, ginger is what's known as a cultigen. That is, it doesn't exist in the wild. It never has. It's like the labradoodle of plants. Its, its earliest origins are actually traced to Southeast Asia, where predecessors to ginger were adopted and farmed by the Austronesians, who are made up of like Southern Asians and Pacific Islanders. Uh, they selectively bred these early forms to create the more modern version that we know today. Around 3,000 years ago, these early Austronesians introduced ginger to India, who was probably fucking delighted, since as we covered in the Chicken Tikka episode, Indians love using ginger in so many of their curries. From India, it made its way further west, and around 100 AD, it was brought to the Middle East, where we Europeans were finally able to get our hands on it. Yeah, so like if you've never actually seen whole ginger before, which I don't know, it's kind of sad, but like if you live a very sheltered life, eh, maybe. When we say ginger, we mean like the underground rhizome of the plant, which is kind of like a cross between like the main stem and like the roots. It's basically like rhizomes are basically where like the stem goes under the ground, and like plants like ginger, it gets all like chunky and thick before it turns into like roots. Man, we have some in the fridge. We should have brought it over to use oh, as an example for the YouTube watchers. Yeah. 
It kind of just looks like a weird tree hand or something. It's... Like, actually, ginger does look kind of gross if you just sit and stare at it for a long time. Although, to be fair, a lot of things look kind of gross if you sit and stare at them for too long. Yeah, that's true. Like, pro tip, this goes for all you listeners, too. Uh, don't do this with your foot. <laughs> don't just stare at your foot over and over. Because the longer you stare at a human foot, the closer you get to just saying, like, the fuck is this thing? And just, like, massacring it off with a reciprocating saw. Uh, ginger, on the other hand, ginger in its fresh form is, like, like I said, it's like a root thing. But so, like, it can be grated, which is great, no pun intended. Uh, but over time, people developed a dried form of it so they could, like, just crumble or, I guess, grate it or whatever, pulverize it into a powder, which helped prevent it from spoiling. Uh, the ginger powder that we're speaking of, that's what we see mostly today with, like, baked goods. And wait for it, da-da-da-da, pumpkin spice. Uh, I just got to point out, when we were researching this, we found out that one of Google's suggested questions for ginger was, is ginger poisonous? Who the fuck asks that question? It's a food. It's literally food. It's been used in cuisine around the world for centuries, and enough people just... Like, enough people weren't quite sure whether this qualifies it as non-poisonous. <laughs> What's even funnier is that Google's automated response it pulled from was WebMD, which states, Ginger is considered likely safe when taken by mouth. I should hope it's considered likely safe when taken by mouth, considering that's what we, like, how we eat it. <laughs> also, though, what ways is it not safe? <laughs> like, uh, how are you, what are you doing with your ginger? <laughs> Where are you Ears, putting it? Anally, I don't know. I don't know if people are doing uh, Yeah, that got me genuinely curious, though. Like, I did some other Google suggestions for ginger, and we got some uh, we got some gems in there. So, like, we got how does ginger taste and how does ginger look, which are, like, really people that don't know what ginger tastes like? That's kind of sad. Just ginger ale, yeah, but a little less sweet. Yeah, a little, a little spicier. Like, we also had what does ginger do? <laughs> <laughs> like... I like this one. What does ginger do? Like, I like, is it just sounds like someone's just like genuinely annoyed at ginger as a concept? Like, uh, yeah, ginger. Like, what do you even like do? You got a job or something? Uh, speaking of that, there was also what does ginger Billy do for a living? Who the hell's ginger Billy? Uh, uh I had to look it up here, and apparently, um. Ginger Billy, according to his YouTube, he's a man, uh, according to his YouTube, he is just an old country boy living in the backwoods in the nicest double wide you ever did see. So, it looks like he's a YouTuber. Although, Google says he's a hip-hop musician. Uh, also, in the image previews, uh, there was just, like, legitimately not one picture <laughs> of him wearing a shirt, which checks out. Yeah. Well. Anyway, with Ginger down, that leaves two more spices, cloves and nutmeg. So, raise your hand if you have no fucking clue what a clove actually was. Eh, that's me. Uh, so, admittedly, like, I wasn't really sure about it until I gave it some thought. Like, I've cooked with cloves dozens of times, like, maybe even hundreds of times over, like, my whole life. But I never really paused for thought to, like, think, like, what the hell a clove actually is. Like, it kind of just looks like, I don't know, like a broken piece of an action figure or like a transformer or something it does like, look like a broken piece of an action it figure does, but like it's just like a brown little brown thing that's like spindly most of the like most of the spices that we cover today they're like made from like dried fruit or like roots but like cloves meanwhile they're a dried up flower bud from well the clove tree clove trees are actually evergreens that get really big like they grow to be like 40 feet tall 
though they're not evergreens in the same vein as like pine trees. So unfortunately, as thematically appropriate as it would be to have this nice winter spice growing on a big old Christmas tree, rather they just look like a big leafy tree. No needles. It's kind of like a rhododendron, if you've ever seen one of those. The leaves stay on year-round and are kind of thick and rugged compared to deciduous trees like oaks and maples. You ever think, like, evergreens, like, ever, like, talk shit to, like, maple trees and, like, deciduous trees that lose their leaves? They're just like, oh, hey there, maple. Didn't recognize you there with all those bare, empty branches that you got. Must suck to have a bunch of wimpy pussy leaves that just fall off every November. (laughs) No, 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 I don't mean any offense. Just, you know, seems kind of messed up to just drop everything and go to sleep for, like, five months. Not me. I got shit to do. You do you, I guess. But, you know, but seriously, bro, you you look ridiculous. (laughs) As mentioned, the flower buds of cloves are picked and dried. They have a spicy, pungent, earthy flavor, which lends them well to being used in both sweet and savory foods. Like all the spices we're talking about today, the dried whole version is then ground down to make a powder, which is then easily used in baking. Yeah, the uh, the history of cloves actually goes back to 1700 BC, where they were first grown on the Maluku Islands of Indonesia. Man, what is it with Asia just having, like, all the good spices? Like, it's no wonder, like, all Asian cuisine just blows Western food out of the fucking water. Like, they've had access to all these great spices for, like, millennia. Meanwhile, like, Europeans were just dinking around with, like, potatoes and cheese the whole time. I mean, don't get me wrong, potatoes and cheese are, like, just great. But I would drop them, like, a baby on a hardwood floor just to get my hands on some curry. <sighs> but yeah, it's a running theme here, but clothes were traded to India, who then brought it to Africa and the Middle East. Interestingly, cloves were actually grown exclusively on their homeland, the Maluku Islands, up until just a few years ago, or a few hundred years ago. (laughs) Globalization, folks. Uh, Yeah, a few hundred years ago. But uh, there's even actually like a single tree on the Maluku Islands that's estimated to be 400 years old. Like they even named it. It's called Afo. Name is okay, I guess, for a four century old tree. Like it could be better. Like I feel like we've survived on this planet for 400 years. You should have a cooler name than just Afo, but hey, I've only been around for like a third of a century, so like I'm not in a place to judge. Uh, according to some uh, sources we found, no one really knows why it's called Afo or if Afo has like a meaning or a name. The names just know that it's been there for like centuries and it's that's its name, Afo. So, yeah. And last but not least, there's nutmeg. Nutmeg is similar to cloves in that I feel like most people are probably more familiar with it in its powdered form rather than the whole form. And surprisingly, nutmeg is not a nickname I've ever had. Damn it. We'll work on that. (laughs) Uh, Nutmeg, again, like cloves, it grows on an evergreen tree native to Indonesia. Are we sure these things aren't just like the same friggin' thing, actually? Uh, Nutmeg is actually like a big fat seed inside of an actual nutmeg fruit, which you don't really see much culinary usage of it outside of Asia. Uh, nutmeg became popularized in general for the seed inside specifically, so we don't really see the fruits in, like, America and, like, Europe and stuff. It's a shame, though, because, um, from what I read, they're, like, supposedly very tasty, and they're supposed to have, like, a zesty, gingery flavor. Maybe those Indonesian people are just keeping it all the fruit for themselves, like, haha, those jackets think you can only eat the seeds. <laughs> uh, on the topic of nutmeg seeds, um, they're actually horrifying. Well, not the version that we see in stores over here. Like, uh, I mean, not a lot of our listeners probably have even seen, like, a whole nutmeg in general. But, like, it mostly just looks like a round nut. It's like but, an acorn yeah, without like, the cap. Yeah, exactly. It's just a round ball thing. Like, but no. No, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this. When I'm talking about the seed, I mean when it comes, like, fresh out of the fruit. Uh, apparently, nutmeg seeds are covered in something called an aerial, 
which is meant to protect the seed. It's it's bright red and it kind of looks like fishnet. So basically like fresh nutmeg seeds, they look like a freaky alien monster egg or something. Like seriously, go look up fresh nutmeg seed on Google, look at the images. They look like a friggin' Metroid is gonna hatch out of it at any second. Like, just picture like a dark brown testicle wrapped in neon red fishnet stocking. They're horrible. They're the, the worst. It's a miracle that like anyone ever ended up eating these things. Cause like if I were a primitive human who just like opened up a nutmeg fruit and saw that inside, I'd just be like, nope, 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 nope. I'd, I would just close it right back up and just throw it as hard as I can, just as far into the ocean and just get rid of it. That all said, um, if you get rid of that weird plant foreskin and like dry the seed out, it becomes what we commonly know as a nutmeg in the West. It's just like a hard dried out pit that can be grated into powdered nutmeg, which, well, it's spicy and earthy and yada, yada, yada. You get the point with all these spices. All of these spices all kind of taste pretty similar. Ginger is the most unique, and that's probably because it's a dirty old root hand, whereas cinnamon, nutmeg, and cloves are all dried out pieces of trees. Yeah, similarly to ginger, uh, nutmeg also has like a fun, befitting scientific name. It's Myristica fragrance. So honestly, Myristica fragrance, that honestly sounds like some sort of like flower witch or like a, a smell sorceress from like a RPG or something. It's fun, I like it. So yeah, as you may have guessed, just Nutmegs, these things were traded to India and the Middle East, and then Westerners got them in... All right, look, they all share the same basic story. So you get the idea at this point. So let's get nitty, let's get gritty, and we're going to move on to the history and development section. So we have well, well established that these pumpkin pie spices have been around for a very long time and they didn't really make their way into the West until, well, the spice trades were opened in the 13th and 14th centuries. Once Europeans got their hands on all these new spices, it didn't take long for them to start using them in baked goods. However, at this point, pumpkins weren't really in play yet and, well, that's because they didn't really exist yet, or at least not in, like, their known world. Yeah, um... Squash and gourds and pumpkins, they're all native to the Americas. And so even though Westerners were finally just gaining access to all these crazy new spices and seasonings from the East, they didn't have all the building blocks for a pumpkin kwai just quite yet. But that all changed when Europeans made their way over to North America, setting the stage for two very important inventions, liberty and justice for all, and pumpkin pie. Uh, the earliest pumpkin pie spices come from the first century or so of colonial settling in the Americas, uh, during the 1600s, actually. Uh, when settlers were introduced to squash by the Native Americans living there, so at this time, the colonists didn't really have access to ovens so much, like, so they just improvised by baking pumpkin puddings and other creams with pumpkins inside of, like, pumpkin shells on hot ashes. It wasn't around like a century later until the very first American cookbook was released, American Cookery, which contained a legitimate pumpkin pie recipe the way that we think of them today. In 1796, this cookbook, American Cookery, contained a recipe contained contained a recipe for pumpkin pudding baked as a pie, which contained stewed pumpkin, cream, eggs, sugar, and spices like nutmeg and ginger. So, not bad, not bad at all. America was barely a decade or two old at this point, and we already had one of the top five best pies of all time. It's bizarre to think we have the phrase American as apple pie when, like, apple pie originated outside of the United States and predates it by centuries. Meanwhile, pumpkin pie, on the other hand, pumpkin pie is American as fuck. Like, who do we talk to to change that expression to American as pumpkin pie? Or, preferably, American as pumpkin pie. Yeah, where's this on the uh, election? Like, I want to know where politicians stand on changing 
pumpkin pie to the official American pie slogan. I think they're all just so terrible that, like, none of them even have pumpkin pie on their fucking, like, radar. They're all, you know, just... All politicians are, like, evil lizard mole reptilian monsters that live in the ground and don't actually eat pumpkin pie. They uh, they eat the skin of humans for, for sustenance, so they don't have a taste for pumpkins or sugar or anything that's tasty. Anyway... The next big step for pumpkin spice came in 1936 when the Washington Post shared a recipe for a pumpkin spice cake. Yeah, prior to this recipe, uh, there were some loose references to pumpkin pie spice in various cookbooks. Uh, the recipe from the Washington Post was the first to, like, there was, like, concrete documentation of a recipe calling for pumpkin spice. This recipe contained the four facets of pumpkin spice, cinnamon, ginger, cloves, and nutmeg. Though, however, unlike modern pumpkin spice goods, it did still contain pumpkin. This recipe is likely responsible for coining the term pumpkin spice, but we still had another couple decades until we could see pre-made bottles of pumpkin spice on shelves. Yeah, fast forward now to the 1950s when the juggernaut of all spices and seasonings, McCormick, formally introduced commercial pumpkin pie spice, which you could buy at the supermarket, and with that it became a common fixture in most American kitchens. Actually, the phrase juggernaut of spice, it makes me feel like there should have been, like, another member of the Spice Girls. Like, it would be, like, the ultimate Spice Girl. She combines all traits of the other members and combines them into the spiciest girl. Standing in an imposing 6'9 and weighing at 230 pounds, she's scarier than scary spice. Herculean strength and endurance, she's the epitome of sportiness. She's young and she's hungry for combat. But don't let this fearsome facade fool you. She's a classy lady. Posh, you might say. Oh, and also she's Scottish, so she's a ginger, too. Rampaging down the runway, I present to you Juggernaut Spice. Listen up if you would like to become my lover. You must get with my friends. Refuse and you'll die. <laughs> what if instead of that, they just had the, like, nega Spice Girls? <laughs> like, their arch nemesis who face off with them. Yeah, you could have had, like, Racist Spice, Old Spice, Hobo Spice? Or maybe Shitty Spice, Pedo Spice, COVID Spice. <laughs> Actually, would the Nega Spice Girls just have, like, a member who's just called Pumpkin Spice, the queen of all basic bitches? She could be, like, a former member of the Spice Girls who went rogue and betrayed them all. Man, what a wasted opportunity. They could have done so much world-building with Spice Girls lore, but now they're all old and irrelevant. Someone needs to write a comic or something about it and start up the Space Girls Aligned Universe. I wish. Uh, anyway, moving back to reality. Boring, mediocre reality. Uh, pumpkin Spice cemented itself as an autumnal favorite over the next few decades after McCormick sort of put it on shelves and until it finally met up with its ultimate destiny, coffee. The first reference we could find to a pumpkin spice coffee comes from Home Roast Coffee in Tampa, Florida in 1996. We tried to confirm this info, but it seems like that coffee company closed down at some point and we can't find anything else out about it. If they did invent pumpkin spice coffee, then it seems like the idea spread over the next five years or so to other companies in Las Vegas, Indiana, and Pennsylvania. Yeah, of course, the huge breakout for pumpkin spice coffee didn't really take place until the early 2000s when Peter Dukes a product manager for Starbucks came up with their biggest hit of all time, the Pumpkin Spice Latte. In 2003, Dukes, who was a manager in Starbucks' espresso division? It's kind of cute that they apparently divide the company into different coffee divisions, or, hmm, I can't tell if it's cute or pretentious. Either way, 
Dukes and a panel were tasked with developing a new seasonal drink that could replicate the success of their peppermint mocha latte, which debuted in the holiday season of 2002. At that point, seasonal drinks weren't a big deal for the company, though they had seen a few here and there over the years. For example, we saw a source mention that Starbucks had featured an eggnog latte that goes back as far as late 80s. Yeah, however, the introduction of the peppermint mocha latte around Christmas proved successful, and they were on the prowl to, like, repeat the success again. This guy Dukes and his team put together a list of, like, 20 possible ideas for new coffee drinks, which eventually got whittled down to just four. Originally, the team didn't think much about pumpkin spice uh, flavor coffee, and the higher-ups, like, balked at the idea, and they almost got rid of it. Rather, it seemed that the test groups of Starbucks patrons preferred sweeter, more ham-fisted drinks with lots of chocolate and caramel syrup flavors to drown out any semblance of a coffee flavor they could possibly find. Because, you know, coffee is kind of gross on its own. It's too bitter and... bitter. (laughs) I want to see them make a ham-fisted latte that's just... They just fist ham into the latte, and it's just like... That's that's how they can they got basic bitches buying pumpkin spice lattes. They can do the ham fisted latte to get all the basic bros. I was gonna say like, you already have like those hams that are covered in cloves. You already have. Hey, there. there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, speaking of though, historically these like frilly coffee drinks they got popular with the Starbucks crowd and just like America in general because uh, you know thanks to the prominence of instant coffee in the United States over the last half a century. I guess it makes sense if everyone was just like used to shitty coffee for so long, they probably just got used to like not liking the flavor, period, even if the quality of the coffee itself was pretty good. Anyway, Dukes and his team introduced the pumpkin spice latte in their short list of prototypes, regardless of the executive's lack of faith in it. They eventually got the green light to start working in depth on the pumpkin drink, and they began developing a prototype for it. I imagine, like. <laughs> That guy must have gotten such a promotion after that, like, because they were like, nah, 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 pumpkin drink, that's not going to work. And then, like, three years later, they're making, like, millions off it. They were like, take it. Just swimming pool, mansion with a swimming pool in every room, just golden car, the the genome plants that, like, make you just pour coffee out of your fingers. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that guy, he hit the jackpot. Uh, Supposedly during that development period, uh, him and his team spent a lot of time eating pumpkin pies and drinking coffee to just get the flavor just right. And then by fall of 2003, they had a formula they settled on, and they launched it at 100 test locations in Seattle, and like we said, it was an instant hit. By the next year, it was a nationwide success, and Starbucks started reintroducing it every single fall to hordes of rabid soccer moms. Obviously, the story doesn't stop there, because now it's time to get modern and see what people have been doing with pumpkin spice lattes in recent history. So as we covered in the beginning of this episode, pumpkin spice lattes are most closely associated with basic bitches and people who drink coffee that don't actually like coffee. Even if it's not lattes or other drinks being flavored with it, the concept of pumpkin spice is an annual tradition for most of the West. Yeah, for example, apparently last year in 2019, uh, a writer in Michelin Guide, like the big fancy restaurant review place that gives out like Michelin stars and all that, apparently they predicted, quote unquote, that cinnamon was going to be the big food trend for the 2019 autumnal season. And a bunch of like mainstream news outlets and food blogs latched onto it like it was some sort of like 10,000 IQ genius like play. Apparently, cinnamon being a fall flavor is somehow a new concept? What? 
Whoa, they really dropped a bombshell with that one. Over 10 years after the rise of pumpkin spice lattes releasing in the fall, who could have ever expected that cinnamon and nutmeg would be a hot fall flavor? So crazy, right? Uh, Tell me again. Why does everyone give a shit what Michelin thinks about food? Like, they're just one of those organizations that gets by solely on reputation. Like, everyone knows them, and every big restaurant wants to get a Michelin star ranking, whatever, I don't know. Nothing I've ever read about them makes me really, like, give much of a fuck about them. We were going to make a joke here about how we trust Michelin tires more than Michelin food guide, but bizarrely enough, the Michelin food critic books are fucking published by the same damn company. <laughs> that, that's also not a joke. That's not a meta joke. That is literally what happened. I wrote down a joke about, I'd rather trust Michelin tires with food, and then I was like, wait a minute. Looked them up, and then it said Michelin food is Michelin guides. It was introduced, published by the Michelin Tire Company of France. And I was like, you learn something new and stupid every day. How the hell did that become a thing? Why is a tire company writing stupid food books, and how did they turn it into one of the most acclaimed critic groups in the entire world? Holy shit. It must be nice to have this, like, internationally acclaimed media group where you can just, like, get by on cred alone and have people kiss your ass, maybe literally in some restaurants, one of your reviewers dines at like an eatery then you just write an article you predict literally nothing and people pat you on the back like you just cured cancer this just in michelin makes another huge prediction for 2021 you're never gonna believe what people are gonna do with ketchup seriously this one's gonna blow your mind ketchup they're totally gonna put it on french fries whoa i know right (sighs) screw them this is stupid uh, speaking of stupid, uh, since Starbucks introduced their pumpkin spice latte, many, many, many other coffee retailers have put out their own versions as well, such as McDonald's, 7-Eleven, and Dunkin' Donuts. Most local cafes do the same. Like, at this point, you'd be hard-pressed to find a coffee place that doesn't sell some form of a pumpkin spice coffee come autumn, no matter where you live in. It's really become a big cultural phenomenon, and that's thanks to Starbucks' cunning marketing and social media strategies. Yeah, see, Starbucks, to their credit, Starbucks is smart. They know that people lose their shit over pumpkin spice lattes. They take advantage of it. Starbucks corporate, they roll out marketing for the beverage as early as, like, midsummer, And, like, now we're at the point that this explicitly autumn coffee drink gets released in August, like we mentioned. As stupid as it is, it works. People hype it up and buy it, even though they still got a month, full month of summer left. Yeah, I, I never got that. Like, it bothers me every year how quick people are to rush through every season. Like, people bitch and moan all winter long about, oh, how cold it is, I miss the sunshine. And then spring arrives, they're still waiting for it to be warm, and then it's it's like it's been six long months, and summer's almost here. And then finally, Memorial Day weekend finally hits. Everyone's having barbecues, and they're high-fiving each other, like, yeah, summer's here, we've been waiting so long, I love this weather, it's the best. And then a week later, like, oh, oh boy, how about this heat? <laughs> like, people are just so damn spoiled. They pretty much want it to be like 69.5 to 71 degrees, mostly sunny, but not too sunny, and like 53% humidity on the dot. God forbid the high hits 73, because then, ooh, you know, it's a little hot out today. But Starbucks knows this. So hence, you'll see girls bussing out their plaid sweaters on August 27th. They're sweating their asses off, sitting on a hot beverage in the late summer sun, this close to heat stroke, but it was worth it just for that perfect selfie. Hashtag PSL, hashtag hot mess, literally, hashtag please call an ambulance. (laughs) 
And then we were like uh, Han Solo season. Oh we yeah, that's Han my Solo favorite season. too. When you see all the girls wearing Ugg boots and vests, and they yeah. all look like Han Solo. <laughs> Anyway, Starbucks has done some other marketing stunts with the pumpkin spice latte. Inexplicably, the drink has its own Twitter account, and it's just it's just kind of awful. <laughs> like, it's exactly what you would expect. The profile picture is a latte wearing those big, ugly sunglasses a lot of girls wear, and the sunglasses are orange, obviously. We're sure that was intentional. Obviously. I'm sure there was, like, a think tank that, like, spent 30, like, hours being like, what color should the sunglasses be? It needs to be the right type of orange. <laughs> Bizarrely enough, the page is operated so that it actually is supposed to come off as like a weird sentient drink that's come to life to post all about pumpkin lattes. It speaks in the first person. It pretends it has things to do, like it has hopes and dreams and wishes. It's really, really dumb. Like I saw one post where like we saw like the coffee cup sitting on a table. It was blowing out the candles to a birthday cake with a picture of itself on the cake. <laughs> No idea how successful it was, but it only seemed to last a few years, because the last active season it had was 2017, it looks like. It made a couple of tweets in 2018, but it didn't last the entire fall, so that's about it. Yeah, like, whoa, like, what, do you, what if someone just, like, didn't realize the latte sitting on the table next to them was alive, and they, like, drank it up, like, brutally <laughs> murdered it in the process, and that's why it stopped? Maybe, or, like... What probably happened was someone at corporate was auditing, like, the books and going through financial records, and they were like, this bit take, like, what the fuck? We're paying someone $42,000 a year to run a fake Twitter account for a drink? <laughs> I'd like to think if that happened, they had, like, someone, like, rush over real quick to, like, clean up the coffee from the spit take since there's, like, a company policy that, like, Starbucks coffee can never be wasted or spilled on the ground for longer than 30 seconds. <laughs> Uh, besides anthropomorphizing their coffee, uh, Starbucks social media channels also started doing things like having fans place like fake, like secret backdoor orders, quote unquote, like online at like local stores that didn't have it on the menu yet. So that it's like a means to like unlock the drink at their local Starbucks. Nowadays, outside of coffee, pumpkin spice has just permanently ingrained itself into our culture, like to absurd comic levels. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's a short list I'm sure you can understand that short is a, uh, being used sarcastically here, but here's a short list of everything we could find that comes in pumpkin spice variety. <clears throat> Yogurt, pretzels, incense, Cheerios, Oreos, mixed nuts, candy corn, Pringles, hummus, candles, peeps, frosted flakes, shampoo, liquor, shredded wheat, oatmeal, whipped cream, tea, kale chips, whey protein, toothpaste, pudding, popcorn, macaroni and cheese, Twinkies, pancakes, deodorant, special K, margarine, hot cocoa, ice cream, beard oil, marshmallows, salsa, Werther's caramels, gazpacho, life cereal, truffles, bath bombs, hand soap, English muffins, dog shampoo, spam, granola, protein bars, cream cheese, waffles, Funnel cake, soda bread, moisturizing lotion, cinnamon rolls, Pop-Tarts, donuts, car detailing spray, Milano cookies, lip balm, chili, sausages, pasta sauce, seltzer, and hamburgers. Motherfucker. How? I feel like I was having a stroke reading that list. It was spewing out random, like, words. Uh, yeah, like... We knew there were going to be some, like, a lot, a lot, a lot of those when we first started doing the research for it. But, like, there were some real curveballs in there. Like, uh, 
If you order a pumpkin spice burger with a straight face, I really, really hope you get hit by a car on your way out of the restaurant. And live, and live. I'm not wishing death on anyone. But good God, it takes a special kind of asshole to seriously consider making the life decision to purchase pumpkin spice hamburger. Well, you know, that and uh, I also want to know what, like, what level of basic bitch do you need to achieve to, like, buy pumpkin spice scented doggy shampoo? So, like, like not only can your food smell like it and you smell like it, but also your Pomeranian can smell like it, too. Probably, like, Super Saiyan basic bitch. Super basic Saiyan bitch three. <laughs> nah, nah, it's even higher than that. It's got to be, like, super basic Saiyan bitch god evolved. <laughs> I feel like dogs probably wouldn't like pumpkin spice shampoo. They have super sensitive, like, sensitive smell, so pumpkin spice might, like, burn their little schnozzles off. Yeah, right? But based on all this, like, if you're hashtag obsessed, you can just, like, flat out make everything in your entire life smell like pumpkin spice. Like, your food, your breath, your hair, your house, your air, like, your car, your armpits, your dog. Uh, Mamma Mia, that's a spicy meatball. Or that's a... Spicy Becky? <laughs> the sad part is that, like, I bet you a fair number of these products aren't even, like, specially flavored with pumpkin spice. Like, I feel like a lot of them probably just, like, throw cinnamon and maybe nutmeg in. They just call it a day. Because, like, honestly, like, 99% of the idiots who buy it won't know the difference. Like, you could probably get away with just plain cinnamon and they wouldn't be able to tell. Like, honestly, that's the dumbest part about the, the like, Starbucks pumpkin latte culture and everything. Probably most pumpkin lattes in general, there's nothing special about them. Starbucks has this, like, grand origin story about how they slaved away with the mortifying task of having pie and coffee on a regular basis to come up with it. How did they do it? So tough. At the end of the day, though, you know what pumpkin spice lattes really are? It's fucking coffee with syrup in it. That's it. There isn't some sort, of sort of magical process where, like, autumnal fairies infused the coffee beans with cinnamon magic and and then they roasted over an eternal bonfire that was started on the first day of fall in 2003 with this like finely crafted technique by master baristas to concoct you liquid ambrosia they they brew coffee and they pour flavored syrup into it and they add steamed milk literally anyone on the planet could do it hell there's a ton of coffee creamers and like flavor brands out there that just sell pumpkin spice varieties so you can make it at home if you want to emulate steamed milk, you just microwave it and whisk it for like 30 seconds. And maybe it won't taste like 100 million percent like the Starbucks version, but let's be real, pumpkin spice coffee doesn't even taste that good to begin with, so it's a moot point. Like we said, these floofy coffee drinks are probably mostly drunk by people that don't actually like the flavor of coffee, but a syrupy sweet beverage that evokes the feeling of cozy fall desserts is totally up their alley. Like, they like the feeling of it. And Starbucks set out to do just that when they developed the drink. So you know what? Good for them. They succeeded and then some. Yeah, since its debut in 2003, Starbucks has sold over 350 million pumpkin spice lattes. That's insanity. Their sales experience, like, uh, th their sales get a massive boost every year from it. So it's like, it's no wonder they keep pushing out earlier and earlier every single year. Like, it's estimated they made $150 million in profit from the damn things every single year. And honestly... Like, if through some bizarre twist of fate, Starbucks somehow ended up like a financial jam, they could totally just like bust out the pumpkin spice latte in like spring or something for a limited release. Because there's one thing people like just as much as cinnamon and ginger, it's anything on the face of the earth labeled as limited edition. Seriously, you could start airing commercials for anything and people would buy it. Like, used band-aids, limited edition. Gas station men's room flavored Oreos, limited edition colorectal cancer limited edition oh boy i'll take 20 
Uh, like we said, though, Starbucks has done a good job building up this like cultural behemoth, uh, ph- phenom, and they don't really. It's a it's a it's a phenom behemoth. Behemoth. <laughs> this cultural phenom, like they don't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. Like it's a huge, huge business for them. To like, it's to the point they created an entire sub industry that extends out beyond their own products. Like it's funny to think, ironically, they created this spice monster that's so big now that people are buying a bunch of other pumpkin spice foods instead of Starbucks lattes. Most ironically of all, like, do you think, like, all the hordes of, like, Ugg Boots aficionados actually know why pumpkin spice is called pumpkin spice? Do you think they know it's supposed to be based on pumpkin pies? Or does that mental exercise just, like, go right over their heads? Like, honestly, like we covered at the beginning of this episode, you had a bunch of bullshit outrage from Food Bay blogger, whoever the hell it was. She was mad that the drink didn't contain pumpkin. Like, I don't know. Pumpkin pie is like at every American Thanksgiving. Like maybe Canadian Thanksgiving? That just passed. Canadians, do you have pumpkin pie? <laughs> anyway, I would think most people have had pumpkin pie at some point in their life. Yeah, probably. So like, uh, I guess it's probably not even just basic bitches in general. It just seems like most people don't know what a pumpkin tastes like. We saw a lot of idiots when we were researching this episode. A lot of our sources had idiots trying to make the same point that we're making now, except they finished up their thought by saying, Oh, but really, pumpkin doesn't taste anything like pumpkin spice. It tastes like nothing. (laughs) It's very bland and coffee that feature it tastes awful because pumpkin tastes dumb. Bullshit. Pumpkins taste great. Like everything, you gotta cook them properly. If you just pop like raw ass pumpkin puree into your mouth, yeah, it's not gonna taste like much. The same way it's not particularly enjoyable to take a bite out of a nice uncooked potato as opposed to like French fries. Pumpkins, they're sweet, they're earthy, they're kind of like a sweet potato, but like not quite as in your face with the sugar flavor. They're great, you can roast them, you can make soups out of them, you can fry them, you just gotta cook them correctly. You know what? You know who knows how to cook pumpkins? Ironically, you know who knows to do that? Japan. Japan. The Japanese have their own breed of pumpkins called kabochas, and they use them in tempura, salads, they grill them, they eat them with rice. Good for them. Once again, Japan took another American thing and they made it even better. Once again, Japan and America proved to be one of the greatest bromances of all time. Right up there with Zach Braff and Donald Faison. (sighs) So, that should about cover it for today's main course. Hope you guys saved room, as always, for some dessert. I'd like to point out that uh, in that last paragraph where I mentioned kabochas, uh, stupid, yeah, I noticed it says yeah, st- stupid Google correct or Google Docs like autocorrected kabocha, which is, again, a type of pumpkin. They, they autocorrected kabocha to kombucha. <laughs> I saw Do- that and I was like, what? Dodged the bullet there. I saw that. I was reading. was like, single bead of sweat going down my forehead. <laughs> Got through it, though. Uh, yeah, so, like, uh, very appropriately today, we're going to be doing review roast for our local coffee shop, Roast, here in Patchogue. Um, yeah, so review roast, if you're not familiar, review roast is a recurring column where we browse online reviews of our favorite local restaurants and eateries. We valiantly defend their honor against the villains who have sullied their hallow name. There's a lot of assholes out there. We don't have time to roast them all. So let's see who we could find today. So as we mentioned, we're going to be doing roast. We're doing a review roast for roast today. (laughs) Roast, their full name, I believe, is Roast Coffee and Tea Trading Company. Yeah. So so. that's a mouthful. So everybody just calls them roast. But they're cool. They opened up in Patchogue, like, like, I feel like 2005-ish or something. But they... um, yeah, they they were like the first like 
like coffee shop to like open when Pacho was like coming back from like just nothing. Like in the nineties, Pacho was a ghost town. There was nothing here. Early two thousands, a bunch of restaurants opened up, a bunch of stores opened up, and it became really nice and popular. And like now, Patch Oak is like this big trend. Pendulum like, swung too yeah, far in the direction. Way too far. It fucking like it broke off the hinges. It like took out a couple of guys on like just flying through. They're in the hospital. So yeah, uh, Patch Oak is kind of a bro town now. So a little bit in the far in the, in the other direction. But Roast is still around, and they're a really cool coffee house. Like you we went there on our second date. Yeah, we did. We went there for our second date. They like. As their name suggests, they make coffee and they make tea. Like they're a cafe, and they're like they're, they're like just small business, mom and pop's business, and uh, like just it's really cool inside. Like you know, it's average prices for a cafe. It's it's a coffee house. It's just very nice, low key, and like very warm and friendly. Um, but that, there are some people who don't agree with that. Yeah. So. Why don't you read this very first episode? Very first episode. <laughs> you could start off this this review. Okay. So I'm going to take a drink because my throat hurts. Oh no! Okay, this one is from Georgine Francis. Um, I don't know if this is from Google or Yelp, but one of those. this is from Google. Oh, okay. Uh, one star. Coffee was great, but the food is all pre-made. They don't even have a grill. No waffle machine. No toaster. We'll never go back there again. They're so-called homemade. You <laughs> cauliflower <laughs> cheddar soup tasted like flour. We sent it back. Yuck. I don't, I'm I assuming they meant cauliflower. Yeah, I don't know why like, they put you in front of cauliflower. They're so... They spelled there incorrectly. They spelled there as yeah, like they, they are. are. They are so-called homemade you cauliflower cheddar soups. I, this review is a freaking joke, though, because like... They're, the reason they're doing one star is because they're mad that it doesn't have a waffle maker. Yeah. There's no grill. And, what Starbucks has a waffle maker? Yeah, no Starbucks. No freaking no. Like, I, I won't say no, but most cafes I've ever been to don't just have, like, a full kitchen. Like, you want that, you go to a diner. Like, as we mentioned, the full name of this place is Roast Coffee and Tea Trading Company. The word grill doesn't appear in there fucking anywhere. If you can't read that, that's on you, buddy. Yeah, I don't expect any coffee shop to have, like, a kitchen in the back where they're like cranking out all that food like i pretty much expect the like sandwiches and yeah. stuff to be like packaged and brought in from like a deli or something yeah because you're not a spoiled asshole like georgine here is like when you walk into this place roast the back of it, it they share the building with a bank so when you walk to the back and you go to place your order if you look to the left where the back of the building is there's no kitchen there's a see-through glass wall with a bank inside of it what do you walked in you were like huh that's a funny looking kitchen why are they handing out bags of money to people oh where are all the waffle who has waffle machines like well, i mean we have two waffle machines we yeah we're also not a fucking uh, a coffee shop too like what i what a spoiled ass like if you want waffles, you go to a place that says waffles. Yeah, you, and start, like, you go to yeah, IHOP or yeah. something, or you go to a diner. Like I said, you don't go to a cafe and complain, like, you don't have a kitchen. Or, alternately, if you go there and you see there isn't a kitchen, you know what you do? You go, oh, that's a shame. And then you leave. Yeah. Instead of giving them a one-star review because you're a spoiled prick. This next one, speaking of spoiled pricks, comes from Adrian M. from Yelp on one-star uh, one review. I drove 45 minutes just because of the internet reviews. And honestly, I was not impressed. I started with a cappuccino. He spelled cappuccino wrong, which was just okay them. I don't know why it says okay them. Uh, he goes on. They gave me a famous one. They just have also not what I expected for a place that's been highly ranked. Bottom line, this place is overrated. He spelled overrated wrong too. Um, so tell me, 
you drove 45 minutes for a cup of fucking coffee and you're mad that it's over you're an idiot adrian you're a fucking idiot you drove 45 minutes for coffee like i don't think i've ever seen it like as we're defending roast here they have four and a half stars on google they have like 97% 97% positive, like, uh, like feedback on, like, Facebook or whatever. Did you say there was, like, no one-star no, reviews on TripAdvisor all, TripAdvisor, all the reviews for four or five stars. And, like, yeah, you can have your own opinion and stuff. But here's a good example of you just being a fucking idiot. Because, like, I don't think any of the reviews I saw, and none of the positive reviews, I would I would be shocked if someone wrote in a review, the coffee is so good here, you have to drive almost yeah. an hour just to try it. No coffee on the face of the earth is worth driving for almost an hour. You could tell me that there's a cup of coffee in New York City that was like roasted by a Mayan god. And I'd be like, ah, you know, driving into say that's like an hour and a half though. I don't know about that. Like, like I'd try it out if I was in the area, but I wouldn't yeah, go exactly. just for that. If you happen to be in Patchogue and you were here and you tried it and you were like, oh, this place has good reviews. Let me check it out. But you, so you, you were just browsing reviews on Yelp and you saw a coffee shop that had like, Positive, you know, positive reviews, and we're like, oh damn, I gotta drive all across Long Island to get to that coffee shop and try it. And then you were mad. And then even then, wasn't even bad. He he didn't even say it was he said it was overrated. So yeah. overrated is one star. Get the frig out of here. You're a- at best like at least it should have been like a three star. Yeah. If you're if you're gonna drive for forty five minutes, if you're that much of a caffeine addict, you just I, I don't know. Maybe the guy just really like is just jittering out and he's like. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you take the next one. All right. This is from Parshva Shah. Is it? I don't know what this one should be there. Google. Green is Google. Oh, Yellow okay. Is you didn't tell me the system. Sorry. All right. It's brand new. <laughs> okay. This is also one star. Ran out of cold brew, so it gave me the worst iced coffee I've ever had. Would be nice to be able to pour my own sugar, too. I don't know what they're talking about, because, yeah. like... Like, almost every coffee shop on the planet, Including like, roast. off to the side, there's, like, a little, like, table that has all yeah. the different sugars and, like, stir. There's a little like, section. They used to have out milk and stuff. I feel like they haven't had that out lately, but, like, I, I don't I know. I mean, they this... haven't had anything lately because they're not open to the public because well, no, of the I pandemic. Meant bef- even before that, well, though. Well, yeah. But, like, um, <clears throat> like, I don't know when this was written. Maybe they don't have sugar out. But, no, they have packets. They would have Yeah, they have out. packets. Last yeah. time we were there, like, maybe in the winter before the world turned into a shit show, uh, they they have a little, they just have a little section yeah. with, like, sugar, honey, creamer and stuff. Like, this this, this person's just, added, they're, they're blind, maybe? I don't know. Not dis, not disability shaming. Maybe they're blind. Who knows? I don't know. But I'm assuming not if they, uh, if they were using this computer to go on Yelp. So I mean, well, okay. Also, though, like... You can't really add sugar to cold stuff, though, because it doesn't dissolve. There's that, too. Yeah, so, there's, like, there's that physical reality. What, do they want, did, did you expect them to hand you the, like, hot coffee before it's iced and, like, pour your own sugar and then give it back? Like, that's not how it works. Yeah, as far as I know, cold brew doesn't get sugar. So if you wanted cold brew and then they were out of it and they gave you an iced coffee to make up for it, why would you want it to be sugared then? You'd have to have, like, a simple syrup in it. But they don't have just simple syrups out. No one does. No. I don't know. Next review comes from Greg P, which this is actually a running theme we saw with the negative reviews that were on all the like the different websites. So a lot of people are mad at management for changing. So uh, I'll read the review first and then we'll go over it. So new management unjustifiably fired entire staff of hardworking and warming workers to try to make a new chic feel not cool this place is noticeable stuck up and raised their prices while very obviously downing the size of their drink 
Don't waste your dollars here. Go to a chain for better quality and at least get more for your dollars. This store is a ripoff. Miss the old store. Uh, so, okay. Greg, you want to know why they got rid of their staff and got a new owner? It's because over like the last like four years, the guy who owned it, like the guy and his wife that owned it just went through like the shittiest like span of like five years that like yeah. a human being i've ever like, known is gone one through. of them died one of them yeah. got cancer like yeah. it's awful i think like so like i think the owner and his, like his brother i think were, were running it and i think like the brother got like cancer or something i think the dude the other brother's wife died and then like the other one had like an accident and like so basically just everyone was sick or dying and it was to the point that, like, they couldn't afford to pay their staff yeah. anymore. So they were on some the brink of, them, of closing, and, like, someone yeah. stepped up to be like, I will be the manager for yeah. free just to keep this business yeah. running. Someone someone stepped in, and she took no salary and worked as their new manager or whatever for the owners. And uh, as far as we know, some of the staff, they, didn't, uh, they weren't fired. Some of them quit. We, there's one guy in particular we know who, before Roast went through their big, like, shift... This guy just like went across the street to a different coffee place with, or not. It's a restaurant. It's a that, breakfast yeah, place. Yeah, toast coffee house or whatever, whatever brunch and shit. But yeah, they're like this dude. Um, he just jumped ship. So like, I don't think they fired all their staff. They might have let some people go. They probably did if they fucking couldn't afford to like, yeah. you know, pay people anymore. But so no, they didn't fire everyone and it down- certainly wasn't unjustifiable either. Yeah, they didn't get rid of everyone and get rid of all their workers and change everything because. They wanted to go for the new feel, and, and they didn't friggin' raise their prices because they wanted to make more money. They did it because they were fucking out of money, and also because prices are going up everywhere in the past few years, because that's how fucking capitalism and shit works, unfortunately, for better or worse, is the prices of things go up. So, no, like, it's not a chic thing. So, this guy's just mad because some people had like the worst uh, intangibly worse life than he is oh i miss the old store okay well you know what? i bet the guy one of the owners misses his wife who's dead yeah. so uh-huh you're up next all right this one's from vx from yelp because it's yellow yes. now i know that all right another one star the coffee is okay, I guess, but I found it odd that the counter dude thought it okay to drop F-bombs while talking to his female co-worker, in parentheses. She didn't seem to mind hearing it either. Fuck this, fuck that. Really, Roast? It's good help. Is good help hard, that hard to find? Fire him, unless you want an idiot to represent your business. And honestly, your other employees seem to be lacking in the basic skills needed when dealing with the public. I hear you sighing already. <laughs> that, like... So, like, let me get this straight. She, like, didn't have any problems with, like, the drinks or anything she got there or the service or anything. She was just mad and left her a one-star review because one of the co- one of the people working there, not to her, but to another co-worker in a private conversation off to the side, was saying the word fuck. And she gives a one-star review for that? It's also dumb. She says F-bombs at first, but then also just says fuck twice. Yeah. <laughs> She she's mad. This guy was like just having ca- casually talking to a coworker. Which again, I love when people leave reviews where they're like, "Oh, how dare these people working at an eatery be human beings?" Like they're they're he was having a conversation with his friend, with his coworker, and most people I know spoilers, including this moron VX spoilers. A lot of people just say the word fuck in casual conversation now. Fucking deal with it. If you don't like that, then get out of reality because that is a losing battle that you are not going to win. Like, 
I, I went through and I actually checked this out. This VX on Yelp, I checked her profile. She's got 27 reviews. Only seven of them are positive. Most of them are one star or two star. And in a bunch of her reviews, she's just dropping F-bombs and saying fuck, fuck, fuck all over her profile and her reviews. So basically, it's okay for her to say fuck, but someone having a conversation with their friend at, while at work, that's not okay. They, you're not allowed to. So, And then she wants them fired? Fuck you, VX. Fuck you. Shut the fuck up, you fucking fucker. Ugh. Next, uh, next up is uh, another Google review. One star. Horrible to worst bring back the S Minaver. <laughs> That's the review. Horrible to worst bring back to the S Minaver. This is incomprehensible. Oh my god. I think if I had to guess, I think they're complaining and saying bring back the old manager. I don't know where the letter S comes into play with the word yeah. old, but uh but yeah. Horrible to, there's no punctuation here, it's all once in horrible to worst bring back the S Manaver. Great. Sure. This this next one is uh, another another short bit sweet. Paul K on Yelp gives it a, another one star review. Solid four star coffee. Unacceptably unreliable Wi Fi. I met a coworker for a meeting and we lost connection midway. Stick to Starbucks for working. You are a spoiled piece <laughs> of shit. How so? Four star coffee. So you start off by saying this place should be four stars, but then you're pissy because the Wi-Fi wasn't reliable. That is the most first world spoiled privilege asshole comp- complaint I've ever seen. Yeah, like, I I feel like I I don't know. I remember, I feel like I've connected to their Wi-Fi a few times. I don't remember how good it was or it's not. Fine, but then it's like, Wi-Fi. Yeah, like, you're not gonna go to a, you can't go to a public place and expect to have like like just the steadiest most like incredible like fast high speeds on the internet like yeah. up and down like like here's an idea paul if you're meeting a coworker for a meeting why don't you do it at a fucking office why don't you do it at a mm-hmm. place that has ethernet that has like wired connections instead yeah. of going to a fucking coffee shop yeah, you know there's also like a library across the street yeah. you could have gone there you could have gone I'm there sure there's computers Wi-Fi there and computers it's a coffee shop the Wi-Fi is a free bonus that's great, and a lot of people do go to coffee shops to, like, do shit on their computers because it looks cool and it makes them feel like a cool person. But you don't go there. They don't advertise. Once again, Roast Coffee and Tea Trading Company, not Roast Coffee and Tea Trading and Office Meeting Company. Internet Cafe. Yeah, Internet Cafe. Like, those are things in Asia they and, like, Japan, it's very big to have, like, they have Internet Cafes where you go and you sit down and you pay for a little booth with a computer and you get, like like super high speed why uh, not why if you get wired connection fast reliable and that's real if you want that go fucking home go to your office go literally anywhere but a coffee shop and then complain their wi-fi isn't reliable especially when you when you admit yeah solid coffee that was good get the hell out of here you can take the next one all right this one is justin marks from google this one two stars you're clearly offering a better quality bean than your local competition, but until you start regulating your roast with a computer, in parentheses, like all the legit third wave coffee places are, exclamation point, people who, what'd you do? <laughs> people who truly seek good coffee simply can't buy beans here. Stepping it up is a quick fix and putting aside pride for business. It just goes on and on like that. Like... I don't mean, like, what, what is he talking about? Yeah, I don't know. Computer roasted coffee? He wants, he's complaining a bit, like, he didn't even say, he admits they have a better quality coffee bean than, like, other places, but then gives them two stars because they're not roasting their fucking coffee with, he wants computer coffee? Uh, what? 
What's a third wave coffee place, by the way? I don't, I don't know. Until you start regulating your coffee roast with a computer, <laughs> like all legit third wave coffee places are. <laughs> like, is it like third wave ska? That's nonsense. Yeah, I, I, maybe third wave ska is awesome. Third wave coffee places, I don't know. Apparently they're run by computers. That's, so that's nonsense. That, yeah, that sounds like a dystopia. Like, fucking most people, we're, we live in a time where everything is so plugged in and like technology based that people are like, we need to go back to our roots and start making things with our hands. Like, fucking. The whole, like, handcrafted is a buzzword. And this guy's like, ooh, you know, I don't know. Your place is really good, but you're not roasting your coffee with a robot. <laughs> what the hell? This guy sounds insufferable. Next up, we got uh, we got a few left here. Next up, we have Vincent Amato, who gives it two stars on Google. Okay, place, but price is wow. Six twenty-five for a large coffee and a piece of pastry. Gotta be the most expensive coffee house in New York. <laughs> <laughs> is this your first day in New York, bro? <laughs> That's a good one, Vinny. <sighs> like, Long Island is literally one of the most expensive yeah. places to live. Like, so, like, yeah. no. Yeah, you're, no, first you're of wrong. all, no, you're wrong. New York City is just ludicrously expensive. Every, as expensive as Long Island is, everything is even more expensive in New York City. So you're you're wrong. You're an idiot. And then second of all, just for shits and giggles, I went and fact-checked this. Uh, I checked Starbucks, and I checked out their menu for, like, Waverly Avenue or whatever, the closest one. I had to freaking put in – I had to make an account and all this shit. Um, a tall or whatever the whatever the hell – their comparable size, large coffee, 16 ounce or whatever. Venti or whatever the hell their stupid name for it is was, like, most of them were, like, six bucks. So – I imagine a pastry is going to tack another couple of dollars onto yeah. that. So by default, this guy's already wrong. So yeah, I feel just, like the stuff sorry. is usually at least two dollars. I would get like pumpkin bread and stuff there. I feel like it was usually at least two dollars. So yeah. So so Vinny Vincent Amato, you're full of shit. It's not the most. It's not even close to the most expensive coffee house in New York. So uh, but it, it, on Long Island, it's probably not even one of the most expensive ones. Considering at Starbucks, it's, you're paying six bucks for for just the coffee. So. Um, this other one. This one is just bizarre. This one is just like. Yeah. Uh, how many do we have left? This next. I think one? there's this one, then there's the last. Oh, one okay, that's just yeah. Like... So you can handle this next one, and then we'll do the last. All so right. you can handle Steve's royalty a star. Yeah. So if being right, I believe this was also a two star review, and also is just. Uh... Oh yeah, you'll listen. All right, I'll read it. Then I'll verbatim. <laughs> Cough, sneeze, no mask. Oh no! So happy to see my village getting back to normal. Beer emoji, wine emoji. More places open to people out. Uh, one a smiley face emoji of some sort. The ATM in the back is convenient, but I go to my regular bank so I can use the ATM without wearing a mask. Laughing, like laughing, crying, crying emoji. emoji. I try to take Corona serious, but from the start, it's been a joke to me. I don't, are you what? even reviewing roast? Yeah, I don't. First even, of all, are you reviewing the bank? I don't. I don't even know. I think you're reviewing the bank. I don't know what I, I think. I don't think this person is uh, of sound mind. I, I, I think this guy was high when he fucking wrote this. What? That, yeah. that reads like a fever dream. I know. I was gonna say, is this some kind of like weird alt poetry? Yeah. <laughs> I, if I had to like, if I had to guess, what I'm assuming this is, I think it's like some shithead who is mad at like mask rules by New York State. And I think he's taking his anger out on a fucking small business for some reason. Yeah. Like, there's a whole debate over 
how to handle the COVID pandemic, and there's a lot of idiots on one side saying, we don't need masks, there's my freedom, despite the fact that, like, for as long as stores have existed in the last, you know, century, there's been rules about, you have to wear a shirt, you have to wear shoes. We're not going to go into a big debate here, but, like, whatever. If you really are that angry about masks, fine. I get it, or I don't get it, but fine. <laughs> You'll <laughs> pretend to get I'll it. I'll pretend to get it for the sake of argument. But that doesn't give you a fucking right to go fucking, like, just shit on, like, a small business that's, like, you you clearly didn't even patronize. You didn't do any. You didn't give them money. You didn't do anything. You didn't interact with them. I don't even know if you set foot in the building. And, like, regardless of what your politics and shit are, that's just, that's an, an unbelievably shitty thing to do. Just, just go give them a, a nasty review because you're mad at the state of New York or whatever. Also, I'd just like to say, for the sake of argument, let's pretend he meant to review the bank that's like part like connected to Roast. He says the ATM is convenient, but he'd rather go to his regular bank so he can use the ATM without wearing a mask. Isn't the ATM outside? Yeah, the ATM at Roast so, is like, outside. The ATM, so you theoretically is... could go away with not wearing a mask there. Whereas if a regular bank, if the ATM is in a little enclosure, you should be wearing your fucking mask. Now, this, this guy's out of his mind. This guy, this, this, this is an insane person. This is a literally insane person. His fucking Google name was weird. Steve is That's a royalty. A, Steve is royalty a star. I think that this guy's just, just like certifiably insane. Yeah. He shouldn't be fucking allowed to be on a computer or the internet, anything. I was ever think again. maybe it was like a joke, but he also has 292 reviews, so clearly... We're going to have to go back and, yeah, uh, and look into to... that someday. That's going yeah. uh, to be uh, an addendum. Special. Yeah, that's going to be a special on its own. Uh, this last one is speaking a very... Speaking of literally yeah, insane. Speaking of literally insane, this, this last one's a doozy. This, uh, this review comes from Yelp, and it comes from Antonetta Gambino, who gives Roast a one star. <clears throat> I'm going to give you... The date of this first one, because it's very important. We need, like, the Time Suck Timeline, like, music for this one. This this first review is April 8th, 2015. One star. Just terrible. Not worth the expensive cup of watered-down coffee. There are better places across the street. Then she posts an updated review May 2nd, so a month later. This is not worth the $5 cup of watered-down coffee and the poor customer service. I gave this place a second go, and I just wasted my money. Next time, I'll go across the street. Sound familiar? <laughs> she posts another review a month later. Worst place ever. Rude staff. I noticed the Batista stirring my coffee. Amateur mistake. Next time, I'll go right across the street. Live and learn. Apparently not live and learn, because <laughs> one month later, again, <laughs> horrible coffee. Horrible service from a nasty manager who told me she developed the recipes for my latte and refused to make it my way. What? I'm sticking to Starbucks, whom, by the way, have real baristas, not the phony ones Rose has. I knew Rose didn't know what they were doing because they stirred my latte. Ugh. This person. <laughs> fucking. You went, to, you went to Rose one, two, three, four, four times in the span of three yeah. months. And in every review, you say, I'm going across the street next time. I'm never going back. And then you go back. You go right back. That's literal insanity. That is, that is the definition of insanity. Like, the, what's the, that phrase? Oh, yeah, is, doing the same thing do, over and over. Expecting expect a different result. result. That, is, that is verbatim what this fucking lunatic is doing. Just <laughs> April 8th goes in, didn't like the call. He said it was water. He said she's going to, going to the, across the street next time. But then a month later... Goes and complains about the coffee being watered down again. Twice in a, May goes. Yeah, goes a second time in May. Again, says, it's, it's, it's said Batista in, in quotes, right? Like, hey, you spelled it wrong. Not that. 
I don't know what the problem with stirring your coffee is. Yeah, Whatever. You're and then, supposed to shake the, it like the, a martini. Yeah. And then again, once again, third time says, I'm going to go across the street. But then in June, in June, horrible all this, coffee. All 2015, all the same all year. All the same year, in the span of like 60 days mm. or whatever. I don't even know like what across the street she's talking about. Like I could be wrong. I didn't think Toast had opened up. I then. didn't think so either. But even then, like Toast is only open till like three. Also, it's a so restaurant. You, yeah, it's you a don't restaurant. walk you in and walk get, in and get, get a, a takeout coffee. So like, also, like Were they I didn't talking even, about the library. I, I didn't even. Yeah, maybe the library. That or I don't know the the shoe store. <laughs> I'm going to that shoe store. They're gonna have better coffee than Rose. I mean, when you're a fucking schizophrenic, when you're possibly an actual schizophrenic, like you might just go to a shoe store and be like. I'll take a, a double venti mocha latte, and also, can I get a baguette on the side? And they would just be like, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> I also, I didn't even notice this at first because I'm just so taken aback by just like the insanity of this. But it says the manager tells her that she developed the recipes for like their lattes, and then but then didn't want to make it their way. So like, what rest like what coffee place yeah. do you go in and they're like here's our special and here's how we make it you say uh uh-uh. uh i want you to do it my way i want you to use my recipe like that's just like the, like what i mean we've established this person is like literally insane literally out of their mind so i guess it makes sense to just walk in and be like uh i want i'm gonna hand you a recipe could you imagine doing that walking into a restaurant and be like here's what i want you to make it's down to the measurements they would fucking laugh at you and kick you out on your ass as they should because, like, once again, as we said in the last time we did a review, it's like, I can't stand people going in and being like, oh, uh, you're making this wrong. Like, I sh- I'll tell you how to do it. The customer is always right. The customer is not always right. That Whoever invented that lie is just the world's biggest criminal. Oh, yeah, trust me. Whoever said the customer is always right was probably the customer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I also want to, like, like, so, like, what is her, like, recipe? Like, if, say, it would be, like, excuse me can i have soy milk instead of regular milk i'm lactose intolerant and then like fine whatever but like what kind of like what are you like asking for are you like i want the um i'm trying to think of what they had like so like uh the gingerbread latte yeah i of the can I have the gingerbread latte please and they're like sure and they're making me like oh actually though can you just like dunk a whole slice of gingerbread in it that's the <laughs> way i like it and they're probably like no here's what i this one is uh Here's what I honestly think happened. I think this is, I think it was a homeless person that got a hold of a cell phone, walked in, was like, <laughs> latte. And they're like, excuse me? It's like, I'm on the latte. A latte. And they're like, okay, well, what's a latte? And they're like, well, latte, it's, it starts with espresso and we'll add in flavor syrup. We can make sure. I'm on urine. I'm on piss, piss urine bleach. And they're just like, ooh, no, I'm not going to. I'm the customer. This is that's more believable, honestly, than this just string of fucking nonsense that this person posts, pass off his reviews. Holy shit, we're all done here, guys. Check, please. Oh, that's it for this week's edition of Core Couples Food Guide Deep Dish Podcast. Remember, we are, in fact, the only podcast lab where you're more likely to learn about cereal than cereal killers. Search recipes, cooking tips, and other cool stuff on our website, poorcouplesfoodguide.com. 
And don't forget, you can always write into us at mail at porkablesfoodguide.com to ask for any food advice that you may need. You can also send in any comments, feedback, criticism, hate mail, love mail, chain letters, postcards, and whatever random pondering should pass your mind. Once again, that's mail at porkablesfoodguide.com. Or if you'd like, you can hit us up on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram as well. While you're at it, try and give us some ratings and reviews on whatever platform you're using. It really helps us gain exposure, which is great while we try to help Deep Dish's audience grow. Or if you're on YouTube, please give us a like, and if you haven't, lightly tap on the subscribe button. Next week, we'll be serving up another sweet treat of a topic. You got history in my podcast, and you got podcast in my history. Think you know what this salty sweet chocolate favorite is? Guess in the comments section. If you get it right, we'll give you a great big Halloween shout out in the next episode. Until then, we bid you a good day and good eat. So stay hungry and keep feeding that brain. And tummy. Is the clap going to set off the ghost? That's what I'm worried about. Probably. That's why I said we should probably... Oh, no. <laughs>